So I, I had the engagement ring and I would, uh, attached it with a keychain to the actual metal itself. And then as she came through, I presented the metal with the ring on it. You ran a race on your wedding day? On the wedding day, yeah. And wow. uh, he got, uh, didn't you have a shirt that looked yeah, like a tuxedo? I had a tuxedo shirt. And then I had the little, you know, cheap veil. Oh, love is in the air. Welcome to the Run the Race podcast. I'm your host for today, host extraordinaire, Jason Dennis, with you uh, pretty much on a weekly basis talking about fitness and faith. We actually took last week off, so uh, I appreciate you uh, being patient with us. It's been uh, busy around here, and uh, I know I uh, hope you and your family and everybody are doing well and staying healthy. Um, uh, I say love is in there because Valentine's Day is just around the corner as you listen to this, just a few days from now. And uh, maybe uh, comparable to that or even better uh, is uh, my birthday is on February 13th. I don't mind telling you I'm turning 45 years old so uh, um, and uh, feeling great, uh, feeling like I'm in my 20s because of all the running I'm doing. And uh, so uh, looking forward to celebrating another birthday with my family, uh, staying uh, socially distanced maybe from friends and everybody else. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that and also looking forward to some upcoming uh, group runs with uh, the uh, Mary couple that I interviewed for this episode of the podcast, number 54, Justin and Lynn Johnson. You're going to learn more about them and uh, their involvement with a, a great nonprofit organization that supports military veterans and first responders called Team RWB. We talk about their love story, getting engaged a little more than two years ago, right after a, uh, a half marathon. And they talk about uh, their faith perspective, uh, growing up in the church, uh, one of them uh, being a preacher's kid. And and uh, now they're, you know, one's a pharmacist on an army post. The other one's a first responder. So they talk about that during the pandemic and their fitness adventures, running some, you know, half Ironman and a hundred miler. So some really cool stuff you're going to learn from them. And, and, you know, Team RWB, if you don't know already, that stands for red, white, and blue. And uh, you may, you know, if you at races or other events or things like that, you may see the red shirt with an eagle on it. And uh, that is representing Team RWB. For most of my uh, 15 marathons that I've run, I've worn that shirt because I really want to show my support for the military who uh, sacrificed so much for us on, on a, a daily, weekly, yearly basis. And every year, about a, a quarter of a million active duty service members transition out of the military. So there's now about three and a half million post 9-11 veterans that live in you know communities all across the U.S. and they they face challenges like isolation and lack of purpose, other health issues and weight gain. So uh, RWB Team RWB uh, comes in, swoops in to help them with mental and physical health and strength and success. And uh, they the, the way they describe it is, uh, I'll just read it to you. Our chapters deliver local, consistent, and inclusive opportunities for veterans and the community to connect through physical and social activities. So what they have is you know regular fitness activities and some socials and and they build these uh, strong connections and they have a, a, an eagle ethos which is passion people positivity commitment camaraderie and community i'm proud to be a part of the local chapter here at uh, columbus georgia and fort benny we have a lot of military and veterans here and um, including a veteran justin johnson and his uh, wife lynn both runners and uh, uh, been through a lot so uh here's what they had to say to me
Uh, we have uh, some great guests with us today. Uh, just a few days shy of Valentine's Day, we have uh, Justin and Lynn Johnson, who uh, just celebrated their two-year wedding anniversary. So looking forward to talking to you guys. I wanted to introduce you to them. Justin is a former athletic director and former chapter captain for Team RWB in the Columbus and Fort Benning area. Also race director for their uh, New Year's Eve Ultra Marathon for three years. He's been a, a first responder for the last four years. Also was in the Army, deployed for a total of, uh, um, I guess, more than two years total to Iraq and Afghanistan. Has run more than 25 full marathons or ultras, which is more than me so far. So I'm, I'm trying to catch up with you. <laughs> so um, he also ran 100 miles in 26 hours time. And uh, he's a preacher's son from uh, North Dakota. We're going to talk to them about that. Uh, Lynn is the current chapter captain of our local RWB, Fort Benning Columbus chapter, since uh, June of last year. Took that over uh, during the uh, pandemic and has led the Taji 100 Challenge. He is, uh, by day, a clinical pharmacist at Fort Benning. Sees patients one-on-one to help manage uh, chronic disease and and a lot of other things. She's uh, attended UGA and also Auburn University School of Pharmacy, so she can say War Eagle and Go Dogs, I guess, (laughs) at the same time. She is a 2019 half Ironman finisher and uh, was raised in a Christian household as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, excited about Valentine's Day. Is Are you guys ready for that? Or, or is every day Valentine's Day for uh, since, you've been, <laughs> since you're kind of still sort of newlyweds? Right. What day um, is even Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, unfortunately, my daughter's birthday tends to overtake Valentine's yeah. for us every year because she was born on the 11th, and so and she's still young, turns 13 this year um so her party typically overtakes valentine's for us and then yeah. we end up celebrating it on a different day sometimes up to a week prior to valentine's week prior, week behind. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> well so a teenager oh that's uh, I'm, I'm, i'll pray for you guys yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> you'll need it for sure well, we're going to talk about you know your love story and and, and how you got engaged uh, right after a half marathon but first i wanted to kind of tackle uh, the fact that you guys are both heavily involved in RWB, which uh, Team RWB, which stands for Red, White, and Blue. Um, first of all, Justin, I know as somebody that's a, the former captain, I wanted to ask you first. Tell us about what um, you know as somebody that is you know former military, current first responder. What um, this uh, organization does to support you know folks like you. The main mission statement of Team RWB is to connect and reconnect veterans and active duty through the local to the local community, excuse me, through physical activity, uh, socials, and community service projects. And that's really important as you're looking to get out of the Army, because the Army itself is a family. The unit you're with is a family that, even at the lowest rank, the squad, the fire team you are is a family, and then going up through the ranks, your family just keeps getting bigger as you keep going up through the ranks. And then once you get out, you no longer have that support mechanism. You no longer have that family. So the main idea behind Team RWB is to re- replace that family as you start getting out, get out into the community, start getting with you know, other people who, are, who have gone through what you've gone through, going through what you're going through. And it's just, like I said, it's a mechanism that they start becoming your family that replaces the family that you just lost. Yeah, absolutely. And it's become a family affair for you guys because now you kind of, you know, from one chapter captain to another. And and Lynn, you currently have that job for the last, uh, what, seven or eight months. And and so um, how important, because, I mean, on this podcast, we talk about fitness and faith. 
and uh, really, you know, we're big supporters of the military. Um, how, you know, um, how important is it to try to connect fitness and, and doing things, push-ups or running or whatever else, to being able to help support uh, the people that, you know, give up so much for us? Oh, super important. Um, and in fact, our mission statement through Team RWB is changing as of this year to put more of a focus on the overall health and wellness and to put a little bit more um, in the physical side of it. And of course, when you're in the military, um, there is a big focus on fitness and you know, everybody has to wake up so early and do PT and they have to do their runs and their rucks and um, you know pass their PT test and all this other stuff. And it's uh, super important and then they get out um and then that kind of goes away I've, I've met countless number of service members who say as soon as I get out of the military I'm never running again and including Justin <laughs> including Justin <laughs> um but unfortunately what happens with that along with the fact that they've also lost their family that family that Justin talked about earlier is they get out of the military they're retired they no longer have that structure and that routine um they, they no longer have that uh physical fitness part of it that people don't really realize until it's gone how important it is um, to your overall mental well-being as well as your physical well-being and then they get kind of stuck in this rut and they're retired they have nowhere to go nowhere to be nothing they have to do anymore and they just kind of become these hermits in their homes and then that turns into just they will end up um, of course unhealthy, they'll gain weight and then start seeing more diabetes and other health concerns, as well as the mental health. I always start seeing a lot of depression. Soldiers who have been through a lot of stuff during their years, maybe it didn't bother them while they were active duty because, you know, mission essential, the focus is always on the mission. So they always had something to distract them. They get out of the military, they no longer have that distraction, and they just have themselves and their thoughts. And that's when the PTSD really starts to... Um, uh, come to light for them and they start to have those problems. I've, I've seen it time and time again with many of my patients um, working out at Fort Benning. And uh, that's when they really start to have the problems. Um, RWB is here and we kind of give them that, hey, you know, get up on like what we have right now, the Tuesday, Thursday morning runs as well as the Saturday morning runs. Um, and then we, of course, join with some of the like Arnold's Bike Shop with their bike rides on Sunday mornings, and then we have um, other groups as well. Uh, we have rucks uh, that they can go on, but regardless, it gives them that place to be, um, something to do, get out, get active, get their fitness back under control, get that mental aspect that they get from that phys- fitness and physical exercise, and it really helps a lot, and it helps pull them out of that depression or the issues that they're going through. Um, so it, it helps a lot, and that, again, is why we're turning our focus in RWB more towards that physical wellness and well-being. Yeah, and, and it definitely creates this uh, community, and, and fitness is good for the, for the body and for the mind, for sure. And we're going to talk about that a little later, but, um, you know, as I told you guys, uh, kind of pre-interview, we do a fast four, so kind of rapid fire questions to get to know you guys a little bit for those who don't know Justin and Lynn. And so uh, I'm going to go to you first on the hot seat, Lynn. Um, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, what is your current like job description um, at work and also at home? Because both are very important. Right, right. So I'll start with at work. Um, I have an, a different type of job. I'm clinical pharmacist, and most people hear the word pharmacist and think, okay, she's counting pills and dispensing them out. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually do not touch medicines at all. I work inside of a clinic, and I see patients. They get referred to me by their providers, and that's to actually manage their chronic disease state. Um, 
primarily I do chronic pain, various psych issues, uh, diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. So that's my that's my work job. Um, not to mention acupuncture. I do wow. acupuncture for chronic pain. Um, and I get a lot of patients referred to me, not necessarily for the pain issues, but then they also have pain issues. And then they find out I do acupuncture and <laughs> they're very interested in it. And does it really work? And uh, I can tell you it does. Okay. Um, it's uh, been pretty amazing, the results that I've seen. Um and then at home? And then at home, let's see, I have a, have a long list of <laughs> job duties at home. Mother, wife, cleaner, cook. <laughs> and then, Justin, you get the next two. So uh, tell me about um, what you do on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis to, to stay physically fitter. Or what, what, do you, you know, what is your goal, I guess, to do? <laughs> so right now, my basic goal is just to find my motivation again because it's under a rock somewhere. I just haven't found it yet. <laughs> um, but just to kind of circle back, you know, when we were in the military, we had set PT time. Yeah. And now going into a second career, things like that, that's no longer built in. So you don't have the accountability part. It is a lot harder to get up and go run like I used to and do all these other things um, that I used to do just because it's not built into the day anymore. Um I would like to get back into Sears running and start doing the half marathons, the, the full marathons again. At one point in time, I did want to try and qualify for Boston, um, you know, be a 50-stater, run a marathon in all 50 states, and that's that's kind of gone by the wayside. And But doing the, the Tuesdays and Thursdays run groups, you know, it's just the, the accountability part. You know, I'm meeting someone, and they're kind of relying on me to be there so I can, you know – sharing the enjoyment of just doing the physical activity and then socializing and things like that, that that's it. It's really important. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things RWB does try and help do is that accountability portion. Absolutely. And I you, think the socializing part of these runs is my favorite. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's good. Fe- it makes the miles go by faster. Absolutely. You're able to talk to someone if, if you're going slow enough to be able to talk. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the next one for you, uh, Justin, is I know you told me your dad um, was a Lutheran uh, minister in North Dakota, and so you grew up there. So tell me about, I mean, do you have, like, is there a faith mantra, a favorite verse, or something that you try to live by, something that, you know, for you is, is important? So not not necessarily a mantra, but something, it was actually my eighth grade social studies teacher told us a long time ago, it was just, it was one of those things where just talking in class, he was sharing life experiences. And one of the things he said that's always kind of stuck with me is, therefore, by the grace of God, go I. Hmm. And that, I mean, it, it's it's absolutely true because, I mean, we could go out from this interview, um, this podcast, and go get in a car and get into a car wreck, and that's it. You know, it's it's just one of those things that you just got to remember that, you know, as you go through life, it, it is a, a gift for you to go through each and every minute. And you just kind of have to remember that and always be thankful for that and know that that is something that he has given you. Yeah. Yeah. Life is precious. Because, yep. I mean, like, just like can be gone in a second. So that whole saying, you know, life is a gift and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's called, that's why it's called the present, right? Yeah, there you that's go. Right. <laughs> that's right. <And>, that's the <laughs> what I was trying to pull out of the, my head. I just couldn't say it correctly at the time. And, uh, and wrapping up the, uh, the fast for Lynn, um, and, and this is always a tough question for folks. What is something, uh, and Justin's looking forward to hearing this one, but what, what is something uh, unique about you? Yes, that is absolutely a um, <laughs> tough question, and I've been thinking about that, and there are a couple of answers I probably could give, but the one that I've decided to give is uh, one that um, would explain why neighbors might think I'm a little odd, but when I go and I, I mow the lawn, mow the grass, I always have my earbuds in. I've I always have music with me and I get so into the music. I start singing at the top of my lungs and dancing behind the lawnmower as I'm going. So you'll actually see me out there, you know, like just moving all around and dancing while mowing my grass. And my neighbors have got to think I'm insane. Is there a certain move or like, you know, uh, I mean, you, you just call it dancing? Or? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just dancing. Nothing, nothing that anybody would not, probably not, want to see. Not, not the whip and nay nay. Um, <laughs> We'll just call it the lawnmower. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like the old shopping cart. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Well, cool. Well, we'll we'll send people your way so they can maybe watch you. Have a show. We could we, we, we could raise pop mo- some popcorn. Raise money for RWB. Well, you know, we alluded to earlier about the, you know kind of the love story and Valentine's Day for those who celebrate it is uh, coming up uh, very soon. And so I, I wanted to kind of go to you first, Justin, on this, since you're the one that popped the question. Uh, I'll go to you on this. <laughs> so tell me about how this all went down. I mean, I, I, you, you told me a little bit you know, off mic that you guys met kind of randomly at a, uh, a Team RWB dinner, and then kind of everybody kept moving at some meal, and you kept moving closer together to sit <laughs> next to each other, you know, whether it was on purpose or whatever. But, but kind of fast forward from there, tell me about um, – um, how you got from there to proposing at a race um, or at the end of a race. I guess, it, I assume it was a, su- a surprise or I don't know. Well, I know it was a surprise <laughs> to her when I did it. I knew I wanted to do something special for it. I just didn't want it to be just at dinner and I got down on one knee, you know, something like that. So I know she was doing the, the Soldier Half Marathon that year. Um RWB used to do a table towards the finish line that, you know, did hot dogs, hamburgers, things like that, supported all the the runners as they were coming through the finish line. More important, we also passed off the flag oh, so yes. that you could yep. carry the flag across the finish Absolutely, line. Yeah. That's yeah. why we were right there at the yep, end you. of the race. I think I've carried it a couple of times, including yep. including once where I, I was limping my way to the finish, <laughs> but I wanted to still look good or feel good running with the flag, so <laughs> yep. it, it's kind of tough, yeah. So at... As Lynn was running down the last portion, Carly helped all, everybody who was giving out medals say, make sure, hey, don't give one to her, don't give one to her, and things like that. So I, I had the engagement ring, and I would, uh, attached it with a keychain to the actual medal itself. And then as she came through, I presented the medal with the ring on it at the same time, and then I got down on one knee. And he surprised me. He had a lot of uh, my friends there that are yep. not necessarily in the active community. Some of my family was there as well. My mom's never come to any of my races ever, and she came to this one, and I thought that was odd. Um, <laughs> so the, you maybe knew something was up a little bit. Well, you know, the strangest thing was as I came around the corner where the RWB tent is, nobody was there. Like, nobody. <laughs> I was like, where's everybody from the RWB tent? Well, they were all at the finish line to watch because they all knew he was going to propose. Um 
And then I crossed the finish line. Of course, my kids ran with me. They always run with me at the very last couple of steps. That's always fun. Um, and they uh, came. Actually, they didn't take the flag. It was Everybody was, like, staying so far away from me. And all the people with the medals, they were just standing there and looking at me as I crossed. You Normally, as you cross the finish line, these big races, like, everybody's trying to give you a medal because they're just trying to do yeah. their job. And I was like, this is really weird. Why is nobody coming over to give me a medal? <laughs> of course, I knew Justin had one. I mean, he, I could see that he was holding a medal for me. He was going to put it on me. Um, but I still thought it was odd that nobody was walking towards me with it. And then he finally came over and brought the medal and put it over my head and got down on a knee and didn't say a word. <laughs> Just started fumbling with the medal. And I look down and I see the ring. So I figure out what's going on. So, so you, and, uh, you said yes or, or, well, or there, no. Was no, there was no question? There was no question. He just kept fumbling and I was waiting on him to actually – I don't know if he had a speech prepared or if he was just going to say, will you marry me or what? And all of a sudden I hear this voice, well, are you going to say yes? And I went, of course. <laughs> so that was it. It was, he got on his knee. He didn't say anything. And then I said, of course. <laughs> well, see, no, no words were needed, right? Right. I, I have not lived that moment down either. He has not. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> that day we, we flew to North Dakota and then she was giving me crap about it in my <laughs> sister's kitchen. So I got down on one knee again and I actually asked her to marry me. And then she slapped me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for all the guys out there, I'd be getting nervous, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it happens, right? I mean, that, that's, that's a big moment, you yes. know. You both run um, or, and participate in different kind of athletic things. You know, Lynn, is that something for you was kind of cool that you share this passion for, well, for fitness, but also for military and first responders as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially for the fitness. I've uh, dated people in the past who didn't really understand the running and I just, and got, gave me the questions like, God, why do you get up and go run every day? Like what's wrong with you? So it was definitely nice to find somebody who understood what was wrong with me and why I did it. And uh, you could go for a run with, although he has to slow down significantly to actually run with me. Um, but it is nice to have somebody who understands the importance of fitness. Yeah. And so you guys run 5Ks or 10Ks or anything together or, or sometimes? Or? We have a few times. Um, we actually did the day of our wedding. Uh, it was the Heatwave 5 Miler. You ran a race on your wedding day? On the wedding day, yeah. And And wow. uh, he got uh, – didn't you have a shirt that looked like yeah, a tuxedo? Yeah, I had a tuxedo shirt. And then I had the little, you know, cheap veil and we ran – and. Did we have the sashes? You I can't remember. I had a, a bride sash or something. No, and, he wasn't uh, going to wear a sash. No. Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, that's probably true. I had the, tux <laughs> the tuxedo athletic shirt. Right. And uh, we actually <laughs> ran that together, the whole five miles. And then he picked me up and carried me across the finish line, just like you would carry over the threshold. So that was neat. Nice. Yeah. They got the picture of that and put it in the paper. So yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I know, you know, with relationships, obviously having shared interests is important, but also having, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, exactly the same because sometimes they say opposites attract, but having a similar like uh, faith perspective helps as well. And I know Justin, you know, growing up and, and uh, you guys both grew up in, in Christian households, but Justin, you know, growing up as a, as a preacher's son, uh, my wife is as a preacher's daughter. So it, it's kind of, it comes with like maybe the stereotypes and those kind of things. So for you, you know, um, along with the kind of the fitness and, and kind of why you fell in love with, with Lynn, you know, was, was faith an important part about that decision and about um, kind of sharing those beliefs and wanting to go to church together, those kind of things? So it, 
yes is the the short answer, but it's also one of those where, yes, pastor's kids have a stereotype, and there's pretty much two ends to it. You know, you've either got the rebels or you got the goody (laughs) two-shoes. My mom worked really, really hard to make sure we have neither of those. Yes. You know, so my parents both tried to raise – there was four kids in my family, so all four of us kids – as just genuinely good people, and that's that's what their main goal was. You know, again, not not the rebels, even though there's, there's a little bit of a rebel streak in the family. It, it's always there. <laughs> I think it's in every family. Yep. Yeah. But then also <laughs> not, not the goody two-shoes, not the look down at your nose at everybody, sure. you know, things like that. So, But again, just the, the generally good people. And then I knew... As I was looking for a spouse and all those years looking for a spouse and unable to find it, unable to find it, you know, I was able to figure out what I was looking for. And it, it, it does boil down to a lot of shared values and morals of, you know, even with being a pastor's kid, you know, first town I grew up in was all of 3,000 people. Yeah. So if you got in trouble at school or at the pool during the summer – Chances are, you know, dad would ask, hey, so what happened today? And yeah. he would already know what happened that day before you even got home. So, so, did, so did Johnny at the store. Everybody yep, knew. Yeah. Right? Everybody <laughs> knew. So that was one of those tests of you would say nothing or you would tell him about the day and he'd be like, well, that's not what I heard. Ooh. And then it's the gulp. <laughs> yeah. So wow. it, it it's definitely – and that that helped me, you know, with that – very strong upbringing that you know very solid rock of values and morals really helped with the military career because you know the military is always thought of the the cream of the crop the best of the society itself to go off defend the country represent the country things like that and it also helps me now as the my current job as a first responder in the area things like that so that was definitely something i was looking for because that is Nowadays, it's very rare, I think, to find the generally good people, the people that have the the very strong background, the very strong sense of values and morals that that's what's important to them. Yeah, and somebody that maybe, you know, kind of truly believes in that and not just like, okay, because, you know, a lot of us and, and, and you know, I, I can look at myself with this too. You, you go to church and then like, you know, are you a, the same person Monday through Saturday or mm-hmm. are you a different person, that kind of thing. And for you, Lynn, you know, how important was that for you, whether it be, you know, with uh, finding a spouse or just living your life, how important is is faith for you? Because I know, unfortunately, in this pandemic, we've kind of, you know, being able to attend church on a regular basis is kind of stripped from us a little bit or a lot. Um, but how important has, has that for, for your relationship and just for you in general? Oh, it's super important. Um, I mean, I didn't grow up with a, as a pastor's kid by any means, but I did grow up in a very strong Christian household. And my mom was always the Sunday school teacher growing up, and now she leads an adult um, Sunday school class. And so that's always just been very strong. And as a kid, I still feel like I was at church every single day, you know, <laughs> between um, just general youth activities or whatever was going on. I felt like I lived at the church almost as much as I lived at the house. So I still had a very strong Christian upbringing and um, the faiths and the morals. And you know, it was super, super important to me and to find somebody who matched that. Absolutely. And Justin, you uh, th- you told me you are uh, currently, you're still a major as, as a reservist, is Correct. that right? Yep. And so um, you you went to Iraq 
2006 to uh, 08, and then a few years later, another year in Afghanistan. Do those? I mean, you're you're a decade removed from from those deployments, but um, do you know? Does that something that still those are memories that stick in your mind, whether they be really good, bad, or ugly? Is it something that maybe changed you for for you know for the better or for the worse? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially if after I remember, you know, the the first Iraq deployment, you know, I was gone for 15 months, you know, pretty much the first day, as soon as I flew in, you know, the, the family is all there for the welcoming home ceremony, you know, things like that. I remember it was the, a day or a day two later that, you know, my, my sister made mention of, you know, you're, you just, you act different. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you just. You just act different now. You you act more growing up. Type deal. <laughs> so it made you grow up. <laughs> I mean, you're going to when when you're over there and you know you're you're fighting at times day in and day out and things like that. And you you lose friends, you lose soldiers. I personally lost a, a troop commander when I was over there. He was um, killed on one of the missions. And you're definitely going to have life experiences over there that's going to can further mold and contribute to who you are for both good and bad um i i don't think i've got um too much ptsd from a lot of those or if i do it just hasn't manifested itself in a way that has affected my daily life um i still have a lot of memories again both good and bad i still um get the reminders especially on facebook from friends or text messages from friends of hey you know today we lost so-and-so or you know um not an e6 from he was in my platoon at when i initially took over um but he had since went to another platoon and he was killed on christmas day so every christmas day i still think about him and his family and where his family's at now and that's that's definitely going to change you Again, for both good and bad. Yeah. You come back home from this war zone and you're, you know, back home, you know? Yeah. Well, it is definitely a shock. You know, you're over there and then you come back home and then I've I've still got, I know I still have a lot of the hyper awareness. I, I still don't like going into a very crowded place. I, I don't like being in crowds. Uh, so some of that I continue to carry on to this day. Even just driving down the road, I'll see a you know just a bag or a burlap sap, a burlap sack on the side of the road. <laughs> excuse me, and it'll be like you know the instant thought is, hey, is, you know, is that going to blow up when I go past yeah. it? Even still on highways here as I'm driving down the road, even though I know that here that is a very irrational thought, but over there that was one of the that was a very real possibility. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And, and and one last question, the military part of it. So, you know, a lot of soldiers I know or former soldiers I know don't like running, especially when they get out of the military. So uh, and you have enjoyed running and, and want to get back into it more and more. Right. So why, how did that happen? Because you may be in the minority when it comes to that. I know you get to wear better shoes when you're out of the military, yeah. maybe. <laughs> well, now it's... <laughs> so really, the the change happened... Um, I was over over in Afghanistan. We were working in an office 16, 18 hours a day. I was eating like crap. I had put on a lot of weight. And then I 
come home for mid-tour leave, I saw pictures of myself back in civilian gear, and I just, I did not like the way I looked. I had ballooned up. I had gotten a double, third chin, everything like that. So when I went back over to finish off that tour, I did make it a point that I wanted to run a half marathon shortly after I got back. Hmm. So I was there. I trained up. And the biggest difference is I learned how to run. And that's one of the biggest things. Even the, the, the Big Dog Good Form Running Clinic that will teach you how to run, that is so important. Just if you think about any other sport out there, heck, even Lynn's son David is in baseball. How many times does he practice a pitch not in a game setting? How much time does he work with coaches on working on his form, uh, just even the backswing, feet placement, all that kind of stuff? Nobody really teaches anyone in the military how to run properly. No, they just tell you you have to do it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so once you learn how to run properly, you know, you lean forward from the ankles, you know, everything is lined up with that slight forward lean and it's really a controlled fall forward where you're just catching yourself yourself every step, trying to get away from the heel striking because that's an automatic break every time you hit with the heel versus hit with the, uh, the midsole or even front of your foot. Um, you know, just learning how to do it and just all those minor minute changes into the running form. And then once I started doing that, you know, the, the hips didn't hurt anymore. The knees didn't hurt anymore. Uh, I was able to run better with better run economy, better oxygen economy, things like that. So I was able to run faster once I learned how to do it with less effort into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, running form is, is so important. It can, right. can really save you, like you said, from a lot of injuries. And, and Lynn, I know that, you know, obviously I know you as a, as a runner, somebody who enjoys that. Um, and uh, you had said a couple years ago, or I guess maybe a year and a half ago, you did a half Ironman because let me, it's, it's 1.2 miles of swimming. Correct. And then 56 miles, you ride a bike. And then after all that, you get to go run a half marathon, 13.1 miles. So uh, what made you want to do this? I mean, because it's like, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you, you do the running thing a lot, but uh, adding in, you know, all three elements. Um, part of it was just, uh, I like to challenge myself and I had a lot of friends who said, told me, Lynn, you got the running part down. You can do this triathlon thing. You can go do it easily, you know? And, uh, you said runs the hardest part and I'm always looking for something different. I get bored very easily. Um, so I, I mean, as an example, you know, fitness is, um, Something's important to me, but how I stay fit has changed over the years, again, because I just, I get bored. Um, so what I'm actively doing changes, and uh, I, I don't know, the, the running was uh, probably starting to get a little bit boring in the sense of just running all the time. Um, and so it got mentioned to me, let's do this, and I was like, well, yeah, sure, you know, I haven't really swam or ridden a bike since I was probably 14, and here I am at, <laughs> you know, 37, I think is how old I was at the time, I was like, but, you know, how hard is it? <laughs> and then I hired a coach to find out it's a lot harder than I thought, it's more than just riding a bike or getting in the pool and swimming, there's actual technique that you have to do um, to be able to get through it and not get injured and do those kind of distances, and... Uh, Did you enjoy the that that half Ironman or was it was it grueling or um a little bit of both uh, I I definitely enjoyed it um the problem is what made it so grueling and not quite enjoy um 
for me was uh, just the fact that I had an injury early in my training. Um, and I'm actually having back surgery here in two weeks yeah. uh, as a result. Um, so I was in a lot of pain during my training, but I'm very stubborn and hard-headed. And I'd already said I was going to do it. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And uh, so I kept pushing through my training and um, I, I completed it. And uh, I completed it in faster than I thought that I would given the injury and actually 30 minutes ahead of Justin. Uh -huh. So I'm very proud of that. He was also um, nodding his head when you said <laughs> stubborn, I think. I, yeah. I am. I, I fully admit that I'm very, very stubborn, which is part of what leads to my injuries usually because I just push through pain and that's not the best answer. Um, cause usually if you're hurting, like if a real hurting, not just a sore, it's usually your body telling you that something is wrong and you need to stop. And I would ignore that. So, um, so what would your advice be to folks? I mean, maybe that are listening and they're, uh, they're runners or bikers or, or, or maybe they go and lift weights in the gym and they have a, was it something that you could tell was like a little pain or was it like a big pain and you went to go see a doctor or something or what would you recommend to folks to do? All right, well, I, I come across this a lot, especially in my job and my patients. Um, definitely, you know, a soreness is one thing. If you're just kind of still building that muscle and that, that muscle breakdown causes soreness, that that's a healthy pain. But when it's a sharp pain or a shooting pain or, you know, it's prolonging or it's, you know, moving up or down the leg or something like that, that is your body telling you that something is wrong. And if you don't stop and rest it and take care of it, it's only going to get worse and lead to bigger injury down the road and it's probably going to eventually to stop you from doing that activity you enjoy so much so yes you may have this goal of you want to complete this race or you want to do this distance or you want to you know do it in this time but when you are hurting because of an actual potential injury if you don't stop and take care of your body you're never going to hit that goal because you're going to break your body down to a point where you're not going to be able to return so it's very important you listen to your body yeah well we wish you the best with back surgery i'm glad you're finally <laughs> having i'm sure justin is glad you're, you're finally having <laughs> i don't know he's got to take care of me for the first couple of weeks and he may not enjoy that too much <laughs> full-time full job he's gonna be like i need a break i'm gonna go for a run right yeah, i know something like that right? and justin's Speaking of running, you know, you um, have uh, done uh, a bunch of things that I haven't done. Maybe, maybe one day I'll get to run one of these 100-milers, but uh, I am not quite there yet. I haven't gone beyond a 50K. So what what was, uh, for those who are listening, and, and maybe uh, you've got folks listening maybe that run just 5Ks um, or they run just marathons or or uh, maybe, you know, they run ultras. So what's it like to run a 100-miler? Or, or I guess maybe the first question is, why in the world would you do that? <laughs> For fun? <laughs> For fun. For fun? Woo! Well, so anytime you really get past a, a full marathon distance, because, you know, full marathon, other than stopping to walk at eight stations, you know, things like that, with the proper training, um, proper time put into it, you could run that pretty much straight through and not have to stop. But it's still, you will hurt afterwards, a full marathon. Depends upon what your pace is. Because sure, sure. I've, I've done some marathons where I've done it as just a nice, easy pace. Granted, I was sore afterwards, but I didn't hurt afterwards. Sure. And then I've done other marathons where I'm trying to push it, I'm trying to PR, you know, run pretty much the entire way, again, except for walking some of the aid stations. Um, so you can get... Uh, 
rehydrated, get the, the carbs back in your body so you can continue to kick the, the phenomenon of the wall down yes, the road. Yes, keep in. Um, you know, some of those you will hurt afterwards just because you're pushing that hard. But anytime for most people, if you're going over those distances, especially on trails, um, you're going to do a lot more walking in those races than you're probably going to be doing running, especially once you get up to the distance of like a hundred miler. You know, I don't remember exactly. I used to know it off the top of my head, but if you break it down, you could do a hundred miles in 24 hours at a 1730 pace, which is, I think it's close to that off the top of my head. So if you think about a 17 pace, that, that is a brisk walk for most people. And the one I did, I did it in uh, Florida. It was called the Daytona 100. You started in Jacksonville, Florida, and you ran down to Daytona, Florida, pretty much on A1A and, you know, the major highway right next yeah. to the coast. And we did do, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, 20, 30 miles of it actually on the beach itself, and the rest was on sidewalks. For that... You know, we started with a four-minute run and a one-minute walk rotation, and as you kept going through that race, the temperature kept getting hotter, uh, just your legs would get more tired, so I think the majority of that night, I was doing a, it was a two-minute run and a one-minute walk, and then it flip-flopped to a two-minute walk and a one-minute run, Yeah. Um, and then you as the sun starts coming up the next day, you just, you walk more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. Your body's just breaking down. I mean, do you take yeah. breaks to like, I mean, take a nap or, or eat a meal or anything like that? So for a lot of those, you just, you eat while you're running they've got aid stations set up through there. We were able to have a, a vehicle support crew with all the food, all the electrolytes, all the water, things like that. So it was just, hey, you know, you want a part of a peanut butter jelly sandwich for this mile, you you just walk while you eat at the same time. Um, if you need to take five, ten minutes down at the aid stations to switch out your shoes, switch out your socks. Um, I probably had the biggest blister on the bottom of my foot just because at night the, the sprinklers come up and got all over the sidewalks. Your socks got wet, your shoes got wet, and that that's what really did me in throughout that night to give me so many blisters on my feet but it was just one of those you just kind of walk through it just because you've got that goal you want to meet that goal um so you just walk through it and then the blisters finally pop on your feet and it's <laughs> hard to walk on for a little bit <laughs> it sounds wonderful doesn't it yeah, yeah. not at all no. so no uh, any 100 milers in your future or that's one and done i would i would like to go back and you know Maybe once a year, try and do a 100-miler again. I, w I would still like to do uh, the Pinhoti 100, which is on the Pinhoti Trail in Alabama. Um, I tried to do that one a couple of years ago. I got 63 miles into it, and then my stomach just turned for the worst, and I, I couldn't finish it. Yeah, Nutrition is super important when you're talking about these long-distance yeah. runs. If you don't have your nutrition down right you're not going to make it through yeah and you got to practice that like when you're training yep absolutely you, you don't want to i mean try something new on the day of a half or a full marathon or beyond because i mean you don't know what your stomach's going to do you know yep. yeah absolutely and you eat the wrong thing it's going to tear up your stomach and you are done for you cannot complete that 
run, that race, that yep. distance, whatever. Especially so. if there's not a porta potty, you might just <laughs> yeah. go run into the woods <laughs> or something like woods. that. Yeah. So, Lynn, I, I think you said so. 50k or 50 miler may be in your future. Depends on the surgery. It's going right? to depend on the surgery. Um, quite honestly, and I didn't mention this earlier, and I meant to when I was training for the half Ironman triathlon, I was again really enjoying it at, before my injury and starting to think that I would like to do a full. Ironman, um, which of course is double all those distances. So a 2.4 mile swim, a 102 mile bike, or 112 mile bike ride, and then the 26. The 140.6 is the sticker you're looking for. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then I got injured, and of course everything went downhill from there. And I'm really hoping that after this uh, back surgery, that I'm able to get back to it. And I'll just, I'll have to do a wait and see. Um, I turned 40 this year, so I know I'm young enough to still be able to recover and train back up and be able to do those kind of events. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see how my back surgery goes, but definitely running is definitely my preferred sport. It's just, it's easy. You put your shoes on and you go out the door. There's no having to load a bike and make sure you've got the right shoes to clip in and that you have the right water bottles and the helmet and all this stuff. And then as far as the swim, you know, that you have to go, you know, drive somewhere to swim, usually the Y or something where you have to change and then, you know, you do your swim and then you get out and you dry off and you change back to go back. It's just, there's a lot there for those trainings. So running is just easier <laughs> um and it's in that sense and uh so it's definitely my preferred so my initial goal would be yes to get back to the long distance running to be able to hit that 50k or even a 50 miler um but if i'm feeling good enough i might definitely want to start with doing another half ironman see how that goes and maybe a full ironman would be in my future oh. but we'll just have to see okay and and you know any of these races you can always wear your your eagle shirt uh, team rwb and represent because i mean you see other people out there when i run you know marathons you know you see and the people are like go eagle you know yeah. and they're all excited you know kind of that shared um you know uh, promoting and helping you know, military veterans and first responders and kind of circling back around to that um, you know, as the current uh, chapter president here. Uh, Lynn, I know you've got uh, different events like uh, the Eagle Namas Day coming up February yes. 20th. Mm -hmm. So it's not just running. I mean, you guys you know, are involved with uh, yoga and different push-up challenges. I know the Taji 100 is happening now where people are mm -hmm. kind of collecting their miles. So what what is that, I mean, for you as somebody that, that helps lead the folks and, and do these events and different fitness challenges, um, you know, is that something uh, fun for you to kind of get people together and, and hopefully inspire folks to do maybe more than they thought they could do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I do it all the time and I promote RWB. Um, and especially when I meet people who uh, have retired out of the military, that that's my big trigger um, to talk to them about it. Just because when I start talking to them and I find out, you know, they just like I was talking about earlier, they retired and now they never have hardly leave their home and, you know, they've gained weight and they're unhealthy and they're just not exercising and they just kind of start to get depressed. And then I start talking to them and uh, talk about the importance of that physical exercise, whatever it may be. And it, you don't have to go back to running. I know a lot of people that get out of the military and they never want to run again, or they say <laughs> yeah. they have bad knees or something. And it's not, you know, running, even though we are run heavy here. Um, but just any kind of 
physical activity, you know, whatever it is, or just something to help clear your mind. And that's where things like the yoga comes into play. And uh, that's definitely very physical. If you've never done yoga, you don't really realize how physical yoga is. Um, But it is very physical. And uh, I know the first time I went and did it, it was an hour long session. And I left there finding out I had muscles in places I didn't realize I had muscles. So (laughs) (laughs) because they were hurting so bad. And it's it's great for injury prevention as well. Absolutely. I, I highly encourage that to everybody. I'm trying to get my kids into it to explain that part of it, especially my daughter. She's a dancer. And I try to tell her, you know, Katie, if you would do yoga, it would really help you with, um, you know, your flexibility and your muscle strength and you're less likely to get injured. And, you know, you'll find that you would perform and dance and do so much better with the yoga. And then, of course, the mindfulness aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, so... Yeah, That's great. Very important. And then Justin, last question from come from your perspective. I mean, you obviously have work, worked with our uh, team RWB for a while, but from a perspective of a military veteran and a first responder now, um, what does it mean to you to have like a nonprofit an organization like this that really kind of is 100% like we back you, we want to help you, we want to, you know, raise money for you, that kind of thing. What does it mean to you as somebody that's been on the other side of that or it still is? Well, yeah, I... I still definitely am, and so got out of the mil, got off active duty, excuse me, in 2016, and at the time, you know, it took me a couple of months to figure out what I wanted to do. I had enough terminal leave built up where I didn't need to work right away, and that's really as I was getting into being the chapter captain because I had a lot of time on my hands, and then I found a, a second career I wanted to do and started getting involved with that and started with that work schedules and the work schedule just didn't allow me to be the chapter captain anymore. Um, the chapter captain, you do spend a lot of your volunteer time just getting together with your, your leaders, planning organizations, plan or planning events, um, reaching out to other organizations just to try and partner with them. So it, it is very time consuming and it can be very tedious. Um, but it is one of those where as you start getting out and, again, getting into a second career, it is really important because it, it does really replace a lot of those relationships you had that you no longer have, just the accountability piece. You know, um, really before I met Lynn and started dating Lynn, you know, on a daily basis, if I didn't want to leave my house and it was just me and my dog at the time, you know, I didn't have to. But, you know, with RWB, to get out and go run, to meet the people to um a lot of those times i was running two or three times a day you know once in the mornings with the the big dog run group once at noon with an rwb beat the heat run and then during the evening with another rwb run at the time and it was just you know you meet a lot of different people that can help you through anything you're going through as you're getting out Or just going out to dinner and just having somebody to go out to dinner with and not just sitting around the house, you know, feeling lonely. Yeah. You know, just have someone to talk to and do stuff with. You can find the extroverts to adopt the introvert. (laughs) Very much the introvert. And at the time, there was an extrovert that adopted me for a little while. Yeah. 
And sometimes, you know, you feel like you're alone, maybe, especially as somebody comes, you know, coming from the military, you feel like that, listen, I'm the only one that's gone through this, you know, or whatever, at least, you know, that I know in my circle or whatever. And maybe you find somebody through RWB or through running that has that shared experience and they, you know, right. it helps Absolutely. with that mental health, I imagine, very much yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and that's a very big part of RWB, especially because as people get out of the military, they don't necessarily stick around at that place where they their last station, their last duty station, they go back home. Well, back home may not be in a military town like it is here in Columbus. And they really may have been the only person um, from their hometown that did join the military. Um, and through RWB, you know, you, you can connect and you can reach out and you can find other people who maybe you just didn't know were also in the military who have also moved to that town for one reason or another. Um, and it, it really is good. And there's a lot of virtual stuff with RWB and, uh, of course, we don't have a chapter in every town, but you at least have a state coordinator. And so any state that you live in, you know, you may not have a active chapter right there, but you do have a state coordinator who can say, hey, there are chapters near you within 50 miles, 100 miles, or, you know, at least that virtual or, you know, hey, let's, you know, three times a week, go for a five mile run and check in with each other and, you know, see how you did and compare. So there's always that aspect one way or another. And since the pandemic, we've got a lot of virtual events and uh, even um, like, live virtual like a zoom class like and so you're actually seeing other eagles and able to talk to them and uh, yoga is a big one right now we have a lot of yoga classes um through our app which yeah. is really neat i think well so. i mean our, our team rwb is, is a great organization I'm, I'm proud to support it and most of my marathons i've ran uh, you know i've uh, worn the red shirt with the eagle on it and and uh and on the back and it's a good conversation starter as well so mm-hmm. i appreciate all you guys do and i appreciate you joining me for the podcast and we'll look forward to maybe uh your next 100 miler or or uh, Iron Man or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having us. It was great to have them here at uh, WTVM after they got their temperature checked and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, they're staying safe and uh, at their jobs as well. Uh, very, very important jobs. Uh, heroes on the front line. And I told you earlier about Justin running 25 full marathons or ultras. Uh, and I actually just recently ran my 15th uh, full marathon, 26.2 miles. It was at Callaway Gardens and I actually did it as, as a volunteer. I was a pacer, which means that I uh, help folks, uh, you know, I hold a sign up. My sign said 445. So I'm helping people that have that goal of running that marathon in four hours and 45 minutes. I had some first time marathoners with me and a few of them finished about, you know, five minutes after me. So it was great to help them accomplish that. And um, I've already had Georgia, you know, marked off my list for years now for the uh, 50 state challenge. So uh, this was now I'm, I'm up to about 13 states overall. And also got the chance to recently volunteer at a, a 5K, 10K here in town, pointing people the right direction uh, along the race route. So uh, it's really fun to volunteer. If you get a chance you know, to get out there and serve others, uh, something you're passionate about, I really uh, strongly encourage it. Now to our final segments of this Run the Race podcast, which again you can find on WTVM.com slash podcast. Uh, we have a, a little uh, food for thought when it comes to love and running and a uh, 
parting gift that deals with uh, agape love as well. This is an article I found from the uh, Irish Times called How to Fall Back in Love with Running by Mary Jennings. So it talks about, you know, in the the wintry weather and no matter maybe if you're living up north getting some of that Arctic blast or I know down in Florida, they're in the 70s and we're in the 60s and 70s here in Georgia. Uh, But maybe, you know, you've lost some of that um, running fitness or mojo out there uh, and you're not alone. The combination combination of this uh, lockdown from the pandemic and the different weather changes uh, it's really moved uh, their exercise maybe down on the priority list. So uh, let's uh, let's fall back in love with running, right? It's Valentine's Day, good time to do that. So some steps to do that, according to uh, Mary Jennings, the author here. She says, remember the runner's high? Think back to, to how you know exercise, running, whatever it is, impacted your life, uh, your mood, your energy, your general attitude, and, and um, it, it's there for the taking again. So is it the right time? You, you need to have motivation. You don't want to just do it because you think you should. So wait until you feel the time is right uh, so you have the energy and, and the, you have the time for it and you'll enjoy it more. Also, be patient. Uh, if you've been out of the gym or out of running for a while, it may take a little while to get back into it. Our minds focus on things that are not working rather than uh, you know, the confidence. Um, so it's, it's not going to be like magic. So set yourself up for success. Uh, you know, make the first few runs or trips to the gym enjoyable and positive and, and, uh, you know, and then you can kind of build on that. Uh, and you're going to have to measure success differently. You're going to build that routine first, and performance is going to improve over time. So it's okay to, to run slow or, or even walk or even just, uh, you know, limit uh, the, the weights that you're lifting, uh, that kind of thing. And, and you know, uh, don't be tempted to go back to what you were doing maybe before the lockdown or, or before you took all this time off. Also, make it easy. Uh, you don't want to get injured out there. And you're, all, you're also, you're not alone. Uh, she says in this article, uh, this time of year, a lot of folks are hybrid. Runners are, are dusting off their running shoes or um, just going back to the gym for the first time in weeks or months. And then the last thing is stay on track. Um, so you want to stay motivated. So maybe go out early in the day and you'll have that willpower. You'll have you know your highest energy level. And uh, you, you can get some coffee or some good food afterwards as well. And uh, do what you can to stay inspired and also inspire others. And speaking of inspiration, our parting gift comes from the Bible. Uh, we're talking about love and Valentine's Day. Uh, this is from Romans twelve nine. It says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. And so having that genuine love for other people and for God and uh, not just pretending. And uh, so it's a pretty plain and simple language there in the Bible. Uh, and uh, you know, hold on tight to what is good. God is love. And uh, that's the most important thing. Our uh, closing prayer for today, God, uh, just uh, thank you for for loving us, uh, sending your son to us, and uh, Lord God, that uh, just help us to love other people uh, as strong as we can. Give us the strength and patience with people. Uh, help us to love our enemies, as it says in the Bible. And Lord God, just thank you for for my wife and my family. And, and my coworkers and being able to have a job. Uh, we pray for uh, the health and safety of all those uh, that, that we love. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, your blessings and your love for us uh, that is, uh, goes beyond all understanding. In your name we pray. Amen. 
And uh, once again, uh, if you like the Run the Race podcast, please tell your friends about it. Hashtag Run the Race podcast. You can also uh, find it on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple. Uh, maybe you're listening right now on one of these. And so please subscribe to it. And especially in the on the bottom of the uh, the page for the Apple podcast for Run the Race, go to the bottom there and uh, click on a, uh, the review. If, five stars if you like it. If you don't, let me know why. And uh, write a quick, you know, one two, three sentence review. And that helps us to move up the leaderboard a little bit and keeps people coming back to, to learn more about uh, fitness and faith. We want to continue this going so we can help motivate, inspire, and uh, talk to some extraordinary guests along the way, just like Justin and Lynn, and uh, inspiring us and helping military veterans along the way, um, physically and mentally. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Happy Valentine's Day and a happy birthday to me.